Everybody got that? Okay, it's on the board too. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, turn thee eastward, hide thyself by the brook Charit, that is before Jordan, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook that I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by that brook Cherit that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass that after a while the brook dried up, because there was been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Verse 9, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called her and said, Fetch me. I pray thee a little water and a, a, a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a bread of a morsel of bread and in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, a little oil in a cruise, and behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, and we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go as thou hast said, but make me thereof a cake first, and bring it unto me, and make for thee and thy son. We're going to stop there. Praise the Lord. So, Father, we thank you that we could have been in, in, in your house we continue to pray for this church. We continue to pray for the pastor, the leaders, the members of this church. And we pray for your Holy Spirit, Lord, to take full control of this service, of your word this morning. It is already blessed. It is already settled. And even as we look to your word, we pray that some person here would be ministered to. And so we give you praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody say amen. 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 So just for a short while, I just want to just show for a short while um, on the topic. There's a new season coming. There's a new season coming. And when um, Pastor Ella asked me to share, I... I was up about five this morning, I'm praying for the church, praying for the service. And there's a few things that the Lord tell me to tell this church. And one of the things he says is that in this year, even before 2023 is over, there's going to be a supernatural provision for you. Supernatural provision. Supernatural increase. There's going to be restoration. He says he's going to restore 
everything that the devil has stolen, what the caterpillar, what the palmer worm, what the canker worm has stolen, and there's going to be plenty. Now, in Trinidad, we, we talk to one another in church. So, uh, sometimes you hear me say, tell your neighbor something. So, I, I hope you get a little custom with me. So, I wanted to tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, talk to somebody next to you. Say, neighbor, there's going to be restoration. There's going to be increase. There's going to be plenty. There's going to be a super, duper, natural manifestation of God's presence, God's anointing in this place. There's going to be so much, Pastor, that in your famine, in your dry spell, there will be no lack, no shortcomings, but there's going to be a supernatural manifestation of an intervention of a true and living God. Somebody give him praise. Somebody thank him this morning. How many of you thank God you are alive? You didn't die in the pandemic. Oh, come on now. You know why we all are still alive? Because God has a plan, a purpose, a design, and a destiny for your life. That's why you are still alive. Because there's purpose in you. There's gifts. There's an anointing inside of you that you ain't realize as yet what God really wants to do in your life. So there's going to be supernatural provision, restoration. There's going to be blessings. When I say blessings, I mean blessings. Right? Now, now sometimes you might be feeling blessed. You're so blessed that you can't even stress. Sometimes you may feel there's a mess, but it's a test because Jesus is the best. Now what the ch- <laughs> now what <laughs> now listen, the church needs a lot of information so we could get transformation. We need a motivation, but there's a lot of inspiration. So we could get activation. So we could get acceleration. There's going to be promotion. Tell a neighbor there's going to be promotion. God's going to promote you. God's going to elevate you in 2023. Your, your, your promotion is not from the north or the south or the east or the west. Your promotion is from almighty God. God's going to promote you. God's going to elevate you. God's going to take you into places you never dreamt about. So those are some, a few things the Lord tell me to tell the church. Now, I just want to just share three things just for a short while. And if we, if we go back to our text, you will, you will realize there's a famine taking place. And Elijah, the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead. He said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And look at verse 2. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook chariot, that is before Jordan. So there was going to be a famine in the land. When you think about famine, what, what comes to your mind? No food. No water. It, it's a dryness. There's, 
there's no food, there's going to be what? Hunger. There's going to be thirst because there's nothing to eat. There's nothing to drink. And, and the, 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 the prophet, he goes and tells Elijah that this is going to happen. Look at verse 3. Get the hands and turn the eastward. And look at the word hide. How many of you thank God he's hiding you? He's hiding you from sickness. He's hiding you from the enemy. Uh, yeah. And what does Psalm 91 verse 1 says? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall what? Abide under the shadow of the almighty. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in the time of trouble. So he's hiding us in our famine. He's hiding us from the enemy. He's hiding us from the demonic forces. He's hiding us from the terror by night, from the noisome pestilence. One shall chase a thousand and two shall chase 10,000. He said, I will never leave you, neither forsake you. I'm a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And as our brother was sharing this morning about Israel, we got to keep on praying for the peace of Jerusalem and Israel because Israel is God's chosen people. Uh, we are a chosen generation, uh, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people called out of darkness into his marvelous light. But my friends, I came to tell you that Jesus is coming soon. And what we've seen in Israel, Jesus said one of the signs is that there will be wars and rumors of wars. You shouldn't be surprised of the signs of the times. We didn't know that Israel would be attacked so quickly. But I came to tell you that Jesus is coming back, not as a babe in the manger, meek and mild. He's not coming back to ride on Jerusalem in a donkey. No, he's not coming back to go to the cross. He's not coming back to go in a tomb. The tomb couldn't hold him down. The grave couldn't hold him down. The soldiers couldn't hold him down. But one of these days he's going to burst them clouds riding in a white horse eh, with, a, with a crown on his head and a, a robe on his back and on his thigh written king of kings and lord of lords. He's the champion of all them champion. He's the boss of all them boss. He's the son of the living God. He's the lily in the valley. He's the bright and the morning star. He's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. He's the conquering lion of the tribe of Judah. He's going to come back. Hallelujah. And every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ, he's Lord, he's Savior, he's King, he's the Redeemer. Hallelujah. Somebody give him praise. Amen. Hallelujah. So, 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 God says, Elijah, I want you to go and hide by this, by this brook chariot. The word chariot, it means a cutting away. Separation. So while Elijah is by a brook chariot, Israel pastor is suffering a famine. How many of you know that God is protecting you right now? How many of you know God is prospering you right now? How many of you know God is providing you for you right now? How many of us thank God for the little you have? 
Lord, this is what I have, and I thank you. I thank you that I wake up this morning. I thank you for my food. I thank you for my family. Sometimes you must just enter into his gate with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a form of praise. Sometimes we just got to stop and say, Lord, I thank you for the food I eat today. You know why? There are so many people all of the, over the world didn't eat as yet. Didn't sleep as yet. They have no place to lay their head. And we have so much to thank God for. And sometimes we what? Complain and fret and murmur. But there's so much to thank God for. There's so much. So sometimes chariot means to cut away. Sometimes we need to go by ourselves and spend a little time with God by ourselves. Spend time with him, talking to him and allowing him to talk to us. But look at verse 4. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. I've commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he did and went according to the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook chariot. That is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. The first point is Elijah was fed up. F-E-D, fed. Fed, F-E-D, fed up. He was fed up to the brim. There was so much of food for him. While they were starving, while people had nothing to eat, God was blessing him. In his farming. God was providing him for, for him in this farming. And um, now when you think about ravens, a raven is an unclean bird. Watch this. A raven is an unclean bird. A raven is a bird doesn't like to be around people. And ravens are afraid of people. So how God is going to use a raven, a bird like this, an unclean bird that deals with messy things and nasty things to come and feed the prophet? How is he going to do that? And you may be thinking how God is going to provide for me. How God is going to see me through sometimes my hardship. My persecution, my trials, my testings, my opposition, my challenges, my struggles that I face every day. How God is going to provide for me in that? You ever think about it? Yeah? So he uses an unclean bird. Hmm? Look at verse 6. And the ravens brought him what? Bread and flesh in the morning. Bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. So water was coming out from a brook. This raven is bringing bread and flesh for him in the morning and the evening. So he's been fed. He's nourished. Things happening for him while there's a great famine in Israel where people have nothing to eat. But there's a verse in Psalms 37. Psalm 37, verse 25. It says, I have been young, but no more old. 
but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed go begging for bread. And I like what the psalmist says. He said, I was young, but now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. God is not going to forsake you. God is not going to leave you in your famine, in your hardship, in your trials, in your storms, in your valleys. No, he's going to see it true because the, the psalmist is saying, I'm, I'm not seeing the righteous forsaken, nor a seed go begging for bread. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter where you are right now. The blessings of the Lord, what? It maketh rich. It addeth no sorrow. Philippians 4.19 says what? My God shall what? Supply all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So he's going to supply all your needs in the time of your need. In the time when you don't know what to do, when everything look bleak and everything look gloomy and nothing is working out, he's going to provide. He's going to see it through. And then the second thing we want to look at is in verse 7. And it came to pass that after a while the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. So the second point is, when the brook dries up, it's time to get up. When the brook dries up, it's time to get up from where you are. The word dry up talks about seasons. The seasons that we all go through. Now, in, in, in America, you have spring, you have summer, you have fall, you have winter. Where I live in Trinidad, we only have two seasons, dry season and wet season, just two. We just have two, we all have four. Huh? Yeah. And I'm not, a, the place is cooler here and I'm not accustomed with cold. All I know is rain and sun. That's why I accustomed too, and I like that. But I'm trying to get accustomed this morning. It's chill. I have one about three jackets this morning. I'm cold, Pastor, because I'm not accustomed to that. But in Trinidad, it's just sun and rain and going by the beach and enjoying yourself. It's, it's like that. You know, but you all have four seasons. We have two seasons. And the season was up. When Elijah saw the brook start to drip, he realized that the book is drying up. He realized the ravens didn't come in again. What to do when the dry books up? When the book dries up? When the book dries up, it is saying to us, your season is over here. But there's a lot of people still sitting by dry book experiences waiting for God, waiting for a prophet to come and give him a 10-point plan to go to the next level. Oh, come on now. But God was already speaking to you. Oh, you didn't get that. God was already speaking to you all these years through your pastor. Oh, I talked to your neighbor. See neighbor? I missed it. 
talk to somebody next year. I missed it because you were thinking that a thunder will roll and the clouds will come down and the, the, the drums will play and you will hear a word from God. No, he was already speaking to you all these. You don't need another revelation. He was speaking to you all the time. What is revelation? It's a big word, but you know, really, you know what revelation means? It simply means that the devil doesn't want God, want, don't want you to know what God is saying to you right now. Because if you know what God is saying to you right now, your eyes will open to what God is saying to you in this hour and this time and what you want to do in your life. See, the devil's job is to blind your eye, keep you down from where God wants to take you to the next level of the anointing, to the next phase of the glory of God in your life. Yeah. So the book dries up. And there's a lot, it's a sad truth, Pastor. There's a lot of people sitting by dry books. And they don't know what to do. They're frustrated, they're depressed. They oppress, they're waiting for somebody to come and touch them in the back, feel sorry for them, have a pity party, having Monday morning blues. Well, I don't know what to do. I don't know why God created me. All this trouble I seen. What I'm doing down here? What I'm doing down here? I should have been quite up there. What I'm doing down here? Propping sorrows. Feeling sorry for myself, depressed, oppressed, tormented by demonic spirits. No. No. God is saying to us, the season is over here. I wanted to prophesy to your neighbor. See, neighbor, before 2023 is over, there's a new season coming. There's a fresh anointing coming of his glory of his anointing, of his power. There's a season of revival coming to this church, Pastor. There's a revival of signs and wonders and miracles. There's a season of demonstration of his power and his anointing. There's a season of fire. Amen. Yeah. And that's what we want. We want to see revival. We want to see people get saved and delivered in the community. Because Jesus says, let your light shine before men. That they may see your what? Good works and glorify the Father. Which is in heaven. So we, we, if we want to see revival, we got to have to pay a price. That's the way you're talking about. But then you got to put away your phone for like two hours. Well, then you got to put on the internet a little bit. You got to put on the TV. You got to, yeah. You got to pray and fast more. Yeah. You got to see God more. Yeah. If you want to see revival, if you want to see a move of God in your life and in your community, there's a price to pay. And that means you got to pray more. You got to go down on your knees more. You got to see God more to see the powerful move, the supernatural move of God that you have never seen before. 
So the season is over. And Elijah realized that the season was over. But God says, you got to get up. <laughs> you got to get up. And Isaiah says what? Arise and shine, for the light is come. And the glory of God is going to be seen upon you. There's a time to arise. And you know when is it? No. It's a time to move on. Sometimes you could miss the move, Pastor, where God want to take you. Because when he's moving by spirit, you could just miss out on your miracle, miss out on your anointing, miss out on your season, miss out where God want to take you. You could just miss it. You could just miss the move of God. And many times God is moving and we just sit there and we don't realize that we just missed it. We just missed it. And we waiting 10 years, Pastor, and nothing happened, Pastor. 20 years, Pastor, Pastor, and I'm still sitting here because you just missed the move of God where he wanted to take you. You thought a prophet was coming to speak in your ears and give you a word. No, that's not going to happen because God was already speaking to you all these years and you didn't listen. Why you need another word? Hallelujah. Why? Why now? Talk to your neighbor. See, neighbor, you could miss the next move. You could miss the next move. He's speaking to you right now. He's say he's speaking to you right now. But Pastor, I'm not I'm not hearing him. You gotta listen. You gotta listen. If you just take five minutes, you, you could hear him speak. He could speak to you right now. In fact, he's telling you something right now. But I'm not hearing you, not listening. You gotta listen. You gotta listen to his voice, to what he's saying right now, to the next move, to the next wave. I, uh, I'm praying five this morning, Pastor, and I'm seeing a, a, a wave of the glory. I'm seeing a shift. God says he's gonna shift the church. Not from this place, you know. He's going to shift you in the spirit realm into a next move. If you got to move some things to shift you, he's going to move it. If you have to remove some obstacles that is in front of you, he's going to remove it just to bless you. If you have to remove some challenges and some opposition that is around you, he's going to move it in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's a shift right now in the heavenlies. God says he's moving by his spirit in these last days. He's pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. Hallelujah. Look at verse 7. And it came to pass that after a while the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. And look at verse 8. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belong to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I've commanded a widow woman to sustain thee. My last point, and I'm closing soon. He says, Arise, and go down to Zarephath. So the third thing is that God had what? Already 
commanded a willow woman to sustain and bless Elijah. Now, Elijah could have missed that if he would just keep sitting by the brook, like a lot of people, still sitting by that brook. But no, he obeyed the Lord. He got up from where he was, and he went down to Zarephath. There's something interesting about the, the woman here now. This woman is a Gentile. Look at God's supernatural provision again. Unclean birds came and feed him. Now, Zarephath is a Gentile nation, and the willow woman is a Gentile. Talk to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, we're going to have a problem here now. Talk to somebody. We're going to have a problem here now. You know what's the problem? How Elijah, pastor, going to ask this woman, who is a Gentile, he's a Jew, she's a Gentile, how he going to, how on earth he's going to ask she to bake a cake for him when she is a Gentile? The Jews and the Gentiles don't speak. Oh, come on now. God always have a plan for you. Oh, come on now. God always make a way for you. God always do things not as we see. We don't understand. His ways are not our ways. So sometimes we just see natural things around us. Storms and fear, depression, oppression, tormenting spirits, demonic forces. That is all we see. But God sees beyond what you see. Because now we, Hebrews 11 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. How many of you want a miracle now? How many, how many of you want a breakthrough now? How many of you want a financial breakthrough now? How many of you want to see God move in miracles in your life like now? Well, we're here with Hebrews 11, 1 say, no, no faith is. We just miss out that little word here, no. No. So what that mean? That mean a lot of people have faith, but not for no. They have faith for the future. You believe in God for a miracle now, but you don't have the faith for now. You have the faith for the future. When, when Jesus came to Mary and Martha, Martha was waiting for him. Four days passed, and now you come. And that was your best friend. And that was your best friend, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, woman, you don't know who you're speaking to. I am the resurrection and the life. Though you are dead, yet shall he live. She didn't know who he was. she was talking to. She said, he will raise in the resurrection. In the rapture. That was she was, No. So a lot of people have faith for when? The future. No, God wants you to have faith for now. How many of you have faith for now? How many of you believe in for a miracle for now? A financial breakthrough now? A healing now? A deliverance now? If you want it now, you could get it now. But you already had the faith for it now. Right? So, so verse 10 says, in, in, in our 
text, and he rose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the willow woman was gathering six. And he said to her, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water and vessel that I may, may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord God liveth, I have not a cake, but a little handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. Behold, I'm gathering what? Two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son. And we're going to eat, and we're going to die. So she's a Gentile, he's a Jew. He comes in the scene, but the woman, I like something about the woman. Something happened to her. She just had that faith, Pastor, to believe God even for a miracle for herself. So when the prophet said, I want you to bake the cake for me first, she said, like, this man going mad, like he crazy. You realize this is famine. Yeah? Talk to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, in spite of your famine, God is about to turn around. Oh, shut it, baby. He's about to turn around death to life. You shall live and not die. Yeah? You shall live and not die. And she thought that was the end of it, but the prophet came and changed the situation. Change the famine. He turned around everything. He break the curse of what was happening to this woman. And she was obedient to receive her miracle. And, and he says, what do you have? What do you have? What do you have? And Elijah said unto her, fear not. And do as I has said. And make me that cake first. Bring it to my son. And make it for me. But look at verse 14. We're going to close with 14. For thus said the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord has sent rain upon the earth. What do you have in your hand? Do you have anything in your hand? The word Zarephath, it means a place of testing, a taste, a, 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 a place of refining, and a place of refreshing. That is Zarephath. It's a place of testing, a place of refining, and a, a place of refreshing. Could you look at your hands as we close? Look at your hand. What do you have in your hand? The little widow woman represents the people you meet every day. Oh, come on now. The, the little widow woman represents the people you meet every day. You pass them by. You come in the church. You pass them on the side. And God says, I want you to go and minister to them. You say, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a prophet. No, he didn't say that. There are people you meet every day and you just bypass them. The little widow woman represents them. There are so many people out there waiting for a touch of God, waiting for a word, waiting for somebody to encourage them, waiting for something to eat, but there's nobody to talk to them, to sustain them, to bless them.
to heal them. That little woman, woman represents those people you meet every day. And, and the, the, the prophet represents us. Music